Lord, thank you for today. Just thank you for just blessing us and being who you are. Just I, I pray that you give me the words to speak. Just help me to speak clearly. I pray for hearts to be opened and minds to be opened. And just touch us all, Lord, in a special way. In your name we pray. Amen. You can all be seated. So today we are going to continue looking at the book of John. We've, if you haven't figured that out by now, we've been telling, preaching a lot about in the Gospel of John. We're going to look at a story today of Jesus healing a man born blind. And I want to give a little background first before I, I kind of get into it a little bit. In chapter 7 of John, he refers to the Feast of Tabernacles, which the Feast of Tabernacles is a feast of thanksgiving in which they built booths, which are small huts, or their tabernacles is what they're called. And the people actually lift, left their homes and they lived in these, these booths or tabernacles while, they, while the festival was going on. And this was to remind the people of when they were wandering in the wilderness for the, the period of time, and that's what they were living in as booths like this. And so there's a picture that we'll have of a booth here. And that's kind of a, an example of what they would live in. And that was one of the rituals of this feast, is they would build these booths and they would live in these. Another one was that they would draw water from the Pool of Siloam. And the Pool of Siloam is meaning scent. And what this pool was, it was referred to as living water. So living water in biblical times was that water was scarce and that this water came, probably came from a natural spring. And this natural spring was believed to come directly from God. And in this water, this living water, it was strongly associated that in this water was the presence of God. Then the third ritual was this illumination of the temple. This was a ceremony that involved lighting these 75-foot-high menorahs or candles. And this ceiling is about 10 feet high, so imagine something seven times that. And they would light these, these giant candles, and they would, um, what would happen is, is that this would be at night and illuminate the whole city. And the temple sat up on a hill, and so what you would look down, and it would just illuminate this entire city. And this was to remind the Israelites also of when they were led in the wilderness, there would be a pillar of fire from God that would lead them into this wilderness. And so it just, the imagery of that just is, it's amazing. It just is, it's powerful. And I kind of think of like, if you ever flown into Las Vegas at night and you see all the lights of the strip lighting up the sky, well, that's about as far as that illustration can go because that's, it doesn't really apply to any of this other than just it lights up the sky and lights up the city. So I give this background just to show how God just, how he just controls everything, just how he's involved in everything and how we'll see some of the settings of this of just to show kind of who he is and that this, no wonder we would have this Feast of Tabernacles and this illumination and this living water to, well, to heal a blind man. So another thing is, is that we see another reference to Jesus being the light of the world. 
we've, we've read that before. We see it in 8.12, and we'll see it in verse 5 again today. And like I said, the illumination ceremony of, of healing a blind man. In fact, in Isaiah 35.5, it says, Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And this will happen. The, the Messiah will do this. And so it's kind of a way of pronouncing that I'm here. Jesus, he's, I'm here. This is him. So today's text is in, gospel, it's in the Gospel of John chapter 9. But before we get into that, I need three volunteers. Do I have three volunteers or do I want to pick? Okay, Rosemary, Kenny, come on up. Okay, so I just want to ask some questions. You guys can can think of it together. So things that maybe we've heard. So we've heard of gluten-free diets, right? Or gluten intolerance. So what's gluten? Okay, this is what gluten is. It's a general name for proteins found in wheat, rye, barley, and it helps foods maintain their shape, acting as a glue that holds food together. So did anybody else really know what that answer was? Be honest. Yeah, we don't really know. But we, but we hear that all the time, and we use that, right? Okay, so the Ukraine has gotten a lot of press lately, right? So we have the map up there. I got my little pointing stick here. So one of you point out where the Ukraine is. Uh, no, you're wrong. No Ukraine is right there. Right there. So again, something else we, we think we know what we're talking about, but we don't. Okay, now this one you guys should be able to get. Socialism. It's pretty popular these days. Okay, so tell me what socialism is. Any other answers? No. Okay, so socialism, this is the definition. It says any of various economic and political theories advocating collective or government ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. So that's all I have for him, but because you're such good guests and it's Easter time, I had to fight my wife so she wouldn't eat these, but there's, there's some parting gifts for you. So my point in this is, is just like we've seen, these are a lot of terms we know. We people use them. But do we really know what they are? Do we really know what they mean? Do we have all the information we need to really use those words like we should use them, like we know what we're talking about? You know, we hear people talking about them, and so we go, okay, well, I guess I'm going to join the crowd, so I'm going to start talking about this stuff too. But I really don't know what it is I'm talking about. I don't know, understand it, but I want to be, I, I just want to, you know, fit in, or I want to look smart, or I want to act like I know everything. So I use these terms. You know, I know I certainly didn't, didn't know everything. I looked up these terms, and I put them in my notes so that I knew what I at least appeared to know what I was talking about. The fact is that I'm pretty ignorant most of the time. In fact, probably all the time I'm ignorant. In fact, a few weeks ago, that this was proven drastically how ignorant I was. 
I was invited to a trivia night fundraiser, and they would ask these questions, and you were expected to provide an answer, and I showed how I, little I really did know, except for one thing. I didn't know one question. Do, does anybody here know the full name of Captain Crunch? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the cereal. Does anybody know that he has a full name? Horatio Magellan Crunch. That was the only answer I knew. Don't ask me why, but I knew that. So there's a saying that we've heard. It said, ignorance is bliss. But I asked the question, or is it? Now, ignorance is, I, I, I don't know how this relates to a blind man, so I'm a little ignorant in that, but hopefully you guys will just join me today and be patient with me, and we'll, we'll figure it out of how ignorance can be related to this blind man. Now, if I'm ignorant, which I said I usually am, maybe today you'll see I am, but I lack knowledge or information. And typically we think of ignorance as something that it's not, it's not really a positive thing. Like, I don't like to be called ignorant. It's not something you really want to go around being ignorant. But sometimes we do think it maybe it is bliss, that it brings me happiness or brings me great joy. But I think that's probably temporary, that it doesn't, that bliss doesn't last all the time. So a while ago, when we were, when I was much younger, we went on a trip. I had my wife plan the entire trip, and we went to Disneyland, you know, the happiest place on earth. So of course it should be bliss, because it's Disneyland. So she planned it, she did everything, she paid everything on a credit card, and I was just completely ignorant to how much it cost. I had no idea. So we take the kids, we go to Disneyland, I'm having a great time. I don't have any idea how much this is costing me. Until the funny thing is, yeah, a couple weeks later, there's this little envelope that says Chase Visa on it, and I open it up and I go, what? <laughs> there wasn't a lot of bliss then. <laughs> that bliss I had, that was just, just lasted for a while. Okay, so let's jump into chapter nine. The Bible's in front of you. It's page 1074 and 75. It's beginning in chapter, or verse 1. It says, As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked, asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, this is our first example of being ignorant. The disciples just naturally assumed, because of just kind of the culture and the tradition, that if this man was born blind, then he had to have sinned, or his parents had to have sinned. There had to be a reason why that sin was the reason why this man was born blind. And you couple that with in Deuteronomy 28, verses 58 through 61, it says, if you do not carefully follow all the words of this law, which are written in this book, and do not revere this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, the Lord will send fearful plagues on you and your descendants, harsh and prolonged disasters, and severe and lingering illnesses. He will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt that you, were, you dreaded, and they will cling to you. The Lord will also bring on you every kind of sickness and disaster not recorded in the book of the law. So like I said, the disciples figured why this man was born blind. They were ignorant to what it says in Romans 5.12, which they probably were because it wasn't written yet, 
But they should have known Deuteronomy and they should have known, they should have known what was going on. But this is what Romans 5.12 says. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in the same way death came to all people because all sin. So sin entered the man through one man. It was through Adam. And it wasn't his parents. It wasn't the blind man. You know, but the parents and the blind man, all of us have sinned. But that was, that was back from Adam. So none of us are, are without sin. So it wasn't, the, it wasn't this parents. It wasn't him. Jesus isn't saying that. He's not saying that it's, it's the result of that. Disciples didn't see this, the blind man as a way for Jesus maybe just to show who he truly was that he was this Messiah, that he was the one that people have been waiting for. Like that verse in Isaiah that I read earlier, then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. They, disciples kind of missed the chance because of their ignorance. Of just Jesus is having mercy on this guy. And he's just doing what he, what he came to earth to do. But rather it seems they wanted to debate Jesus on maybe the subject of sin. And I'm thinking, boy, that's really ignorant. Like, who's going to argue with Jesus? Who's going to argue with him and actually think maybe that they would win? I don't think that's, a, that's one I'm going to win. So let's pick it up in verse 3. It says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So here's that reference of light again. Think of this, the illumination ceremony where they light these giant menorahs. Now, one thing I want to say on this is that Jesus is not ignorant. He might be the only one in this story. In fact, he is probably the only one in this story that's not ignorant. That, in fact, maybe I think he uses the ignorance of other people to maybe just point to who he really is, that to point to say that I am the light of the world. I'm the one that, that provides life. So in this story, I think there's different types of ignorance. And the first type of ignorance I think we see in the disciples and the, and the blind men. And these are things where I don't know and don't know that, it, that they don't know. So I wonder... The disciples followed Jesus. They, they dropped everything and followed him, but did they know? And didn't know that they didn't know. So did they really know who this guy was? And were they so ignorant that they didn't even know that they didn't know that who this man should be? Because remember, like I said, they, they followed him. They left their jobs. They left their security. They even left fishing every day, left their families to follow this man, Jesus. Now, this blind man, he had no idea what God's creation ever even looked like. So that's what I'm saying. He was, he was ignorant and he didn't know what he didn't know and he didn't even know because he was blind. He didn't know. He'd never seen a sunrise. He'd never seen a sunset. He's never seen his family. He's never seen his mom or dad. He's never seen his neighborhood. He's never saw Jesus being right there in front of him. He had no idea. 
He couldn't even see the Los Angeles Lakers win the NBA championship. Okay, that's I'm prophesying there, so I, we need to get off of that. No. So the blind man was ignorant. He didn't know what he didn't know because he didn't know he didn't even know because he was blind. And how's he supposed to know? Because he just doesn't know. He was, like I was walking down the streets of Disneyland, eating my popcorn and probably my corn dog, having my Mickey Mouse ears on, and I didn't know what I didn't know because I didn't know that there was going to be this thing coming in the mail, ruining it for me. <laughs> I was just enjoying myself. Now, that's kind of a fun, lighthearted story, but when I was blind before, when I was just living the life I wanted to live, destructive behaviors, just doing what I wanted to do, just really being blind, just being blind to the light. I was blind to where my life was headed. I was just blind and the destruction that I was leaving in the path. But I didn't know. And I didn't know that I even didn't know. I was ignorant. So the blind man, only knew that he was blind. He didn't know anything else because he was blind. He was ignorant to not knowing anything else because he didn't know what he didn't know. So let's look at another type of ignorance. I don't know, but think I do know. Let's pick up our story in verse 6. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the, so the man went and washed, and he came home seeing. As I mentioned, this, Jesus sent this man to this pool that's used in this ceremony, which the pool is living water, to just, I think just to show that this is the presence of God, to just show that who God is. And I just like that symbolism there. Let's pick up verse 8. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begged, asking, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No. He only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it in my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. So this is a group of people in this neighborhood. They watched this man grow up his entire life. They knew, they knew who he was. Saw him every day. But yet they're trying to say, nope, that's somebody else. That's not you. They were ignorant. They were just ignorant to the fact that this, the truth was that Jesus, Jesus healed this man. They were just ignorant to the miracle that Jesus performed. They, they thought they knew that he was only a man that just looked like him, that it wasn't him. And if it was him, then how did you receive your sight? They were just ignorant that it was Jesus that did this, that Jesus that performed the miracle. Now, let's put this in an example of parents with kids. Remember before you had kids and how big of an expert you were? That without kids, man, you knew everything. You, could, you just had it all. I remember 
at least my wife and I, at least myself. I don't know if Kim will fess up or not, but um, man, we were experts. We just knew everything about parenthood when before we had kids. Like we'd be at a restaurant and here would walk a mom and a dad with two or three little kids and kids would be obeying, disobeying, they'd be poking each other, and, you know, just being kids. And we'd look at them and go, if you did this and you did this, and then if this was this, then your kids wouldn't act that way. We knew it all. And then, you know, something happened. We had our own kids. Yeah. We had our own kids, and I found out that I didn't know anything. I didn't have a clue. I didn't know, but boy, I thought I did. And I found out quickly I didn't. I was ignorant. So let's move on to our next example of ignorance. I know everything and refuse to consider anything. So our story picks up after this. The the people bring this blind man that's now healed to the Pharisees, which would be customary to do because the Pharisees were looked at as the experts. They were the ones that were supposed to know everything. And they were supposed to verify that this man was healed. And again, we see the the Pharisees are just hung up on the Sabbath. They're hung up on all this stuff that they know. Verse 16, it says, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. The Pharisees just refused to even consider who Jesus was. Refused to even consider that maybe this, this man, Jesus, did heal this guy. They just were saying, it's the Sabbath. You're, you're, you're not God. Because you did this on the Sabbath. They just refused to consider anything. They just only want to consider what they thought they knew because they knew everything. So the Pharisees continue to ask you the, this man a question and ask, well, who is this guy, Jesus? And he says, well, he's a prophet. So the Pharisees didn't want to believe anything this man was saying, so they asked his parents to come in. His parents come in and they ask them a bunch of questions and they just, the only thing they answer is, yes, he's our son. That he was blind, but now he is healed that they didn't answer that part of the question because they were afraid of the Pharisees. They didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. So they said, you need to ask the, the man again, the blind man. So they bring in the blind man again. And the blind man at this time is, he's kind of like, why do you keep bugging me? Like, you've already talked to me. So this is what he, his response is in verse 27. He says, he answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a blind man born blind. This man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this re- replied, you are steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. These Pharisees, they just don't get it. They, these guys are the experts. They are just, they know everything. They know that that 
verse in Isaiah. They know all that information, but they're just demonstrating again and again how closed-minded they are, how they just don't consider anything. How you would think that the, based on the verse in Isaiah, they would be able to see, okay, here's this verse in Isaiah, here's this blind man, this guy heals him. You think they maybe could connect those two dots, but they don't. They, they just don't re re consider it. They refuse. In fact, they get lectured by a blind man that doesn't know anything. Doesn't even know who Jesus is. Even after he's healed, he doesn't know. Man that was just ignorant. He just, he didn't know. Now, let's look at our current government. It doesn't matter what side you're on, what anything you're on, but I'm going to give the people in the governments, I'm going to give them credit, maybe more than they deserve, but these are people that should be experts, like the Pharisees. They should know all the laws. They should know the Constitution. They should know the amendments. They should know everything there is to know, and they should be representing us. But yet, one side says this, and the other side doesn't even, they don't even consider it. They're both experts. Then this side says this, and this side, I won't even consider. I won't even listen to it. Kind of like what these Pharisees are doing. I'm just not even going to listen to it. Just, I, I know everything, but I'm not even going to, because I know everything. I'm not even consider what you say. They just refuse. They're just, they're ignorant. Now, the last example that we have, I'm going to give of ignorance, is that we know everything, but don't know anything. Skip ahead to the story in verse 35. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, notice Jesus sought this man out. That Jesus went, he said, he, when he found him. He said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Notice he called him sir. He doesn't know who Jesus is. Even though he's seeing him, he's standing right there in front of him. He doesn't know who he is. Tell me so that I might believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. The man Jesus said, then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped. Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees were with him, heard him say this and asked, what, are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. I'm going to read that last verse again in the New Living Translation. It'll be on the screen. It says, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. So let's look at the blind man and the Pharisee a little bit. The blind man only knew that he was blind, but now he can see. He never claimed to know anything. He never made any indication that he did know anything. In fact, if you notice in the story, he never asked to be healed. Jesus just came to him and healed him. He never asked to be healed. He was ignorant to who Jesus was. He was just living his life as, as best the blind man could. He never claimed to know the truth. He never saw the light of day, literally saw the light of day. Never, never has. He never saw that Jesus was the light of the world. Even after he was healed, he never saw that, never realized that. For all purposes, he was just completely ignorant to who Jesus was. 
Yet, in verse 38, what does it say? It says he believed and worshipped Jesus. So he was physically and spiritually blind, but now that he sees, now he's no longer blind. He's no longer blind both physically and spiritually. So what about the Pharisees? Pharisees claim to know everything, claim to see everything. They, like I pointed out, they should have been able to see this. They should have been able to see the light. Their physical vision may have been just completely outstanding. They may have 20-20 vision, yet they were blind. But they didn't know anything. They know everything, but they didn't know anything. They would have considered what they knew and not refused to consider what they did know. Perhaps they would have known that they didn't know anything, that they would have known who Jesus was. They would have realized that maybe they needed Jesus. They would have believed who Jesus was. They would have seen that maybe Jesus was the light of the world, that he was this person they were waiting for, that they could have been like the blind man and born again. They could have received life. But instead, maybe they went to remain blind. They would have received their sight both physically and spiritually. Yet, they decided to remain ignorant. Which brings us to the last question of what about us? Are we still ignorant? There's a lot of things we can be ignorant about. I brought up a few of them. But one more is what about prejudices we have? What about things that we think we know but we really don't know anything? We have these misconceptions about things that we just see something and we just make up our mind automatically. Now, this week a story was told to me, and again, I'm just going to say it's a story because I don't know all the details, but I'm going to repeat this story. So around town, there's, there's places where you can get services, where you can get clothing and food and things like that. So there's this lady that comes there frequently, and this lady drives a Mercedes. She drives a Mercedes, and people have prejudices to her. They're, they're kind of ignorant. They just assume that they know what they don't know. They just assume since she's a Mercedes, she's, there's got to be something like she's just using this or abusing this. But finally, somebody just comes up to her and says, maybe like Jesus comes up to her and, and heals this blind man, but comes up and just asks her the question. Kind of like, tell me your story. Well, her story is that her husband left her with, I think, five little kids, grade school and younger little kids. Left her with just this car and a house. That's it. This lady doesn't have any, she's never worked in her life. She doesn't have any skills. She doesn't know, even know how to get a job. She doesn't have anywhere to get a job. She doesn't know. So she's trying to figure it out. And she tells the man, she says, you know, I know that I could sell this car. I could sell this car and I could probably get some money out of it and buy a different car. But I have five little kids that I need to take them to school. I need to take them to various places and I know this car is dependable. So I'm, I'm keeping the car because I know it won't break down on me and I won't be stranded and I've got no one to help me. So I tell this story just to point out a lot of times we think we know something but we really don't know. 
We just, we're, we're, we're ignorant sometimes to some things. Things that we claim we know, but we just don't know. Or maybe we just don't even consider there's another point of view. That there's a story behind that story. That there's something else there. That maybe we don't know, but we think we really do know. That maybe we just don't know anything. That maybe sometimes we're closed-minded. They're kind of like the Pharisees. Maybe even sometimes we, know, we think we know all there is to know about Jesus. I know all, all I need to know about those Christians. And I don't want anything to do with them. I know all I need to know about those people over there. I can kind of go on, but you kind of get the idea. Like we just, we just think we know, but we really don't know. Now, just touch a little bit on this concept of ignorance is bliss. As long as I live my life, it, it, ignorance, it just seems like my life is not knowing that ignorance will be happy, that if I like ignorance is bliss, but it seems to me that it, it doesn't seem to work out that way, that ignorance being bliss just doesn't seem to work that way, that it's not bliss, the, the kind of ignorance that I think that gives me happiness, doing what I want to do, just not living in the light, living in the darkness not believing in the life that Jesus has to offer me. You know, I wake up, I, I live the life I want to live outside of the light, and I wake up the next morning, and everybody just, if you ever had, it just, it doesn't feel that happy. Think about what happened the night before, and I just, I just don't feel that happy. When I'm ignorant to Jesus, you know, I, I feel pains. I feel hurts. I have troubled times, and I see pains. And I see hurts, and I see troubled times. Some things I don't know, some things I do know. Some things I don't even know, and I don't know that I should know. What I should know is that, is that Jesus is there to give me sight, to be the light, to give me life. If I'm like the blind man, am I open enough to know when I see the light? When I see the light of the world, when I see Jesus, when I see Jesus as that light, when Jesus seeks me out, when Jesus finds me, am I like the blind man? Am I willing like the blind man when Jesus is in front of me saying, you have now seen me, seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. I can't, as the blind man, just not be ignorant anymore and say, Lord, I believe. Let's pray. <laughs> Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love for us. I just pray, Lord, that things that we think we know but we don't know, Lord, just reveal those to us. Just different kinds of ignorance in our life, Lord, that are keeping us from you. I just pray that you just speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, Lord, and just show us those things, Lord. Help us to walk in and not be blind anymore. Give us vision, Lord. Give us sight. Help us to just be, see things as you see things. 
Maybe we don't see you right now. Maybe we've never seen you as who you are. Maybe we don't have that relationship with you. That we're, we're still like the blind man. We're ignorant. We don't even know who you are. If there's anybody in this room, Lord, that wants to say, that sees you in front of them saying, they want to say, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe, Jesus.